What's up? My name is Alex Terranova. I am the host of the Dream Mason podcast. Welcome. We started this in 2017 because we wanted to highlight the journey of Dream Masons. There's a Dream Mason in all of us. A Dream Mason is someone who is awake to their dreams and driven by the passion, the purpose, and the desire to turn that dream into reality. We interview athletes, gold medalists, Super Bowl champions, artists, creatives, eight, nine-figure entrepreneurs, spiritual leaders, and everyone in between. And sometimes we even walk them through challenges that they're currently facing. So depending on whether you're catching this as a regular interview or a playing with problems segment, there is something for you, whether you're at the peak of your journey, at the low point of your journey. I look forward to having you join me on this journey. And I hope that this show helps you unleash your inner Dream Mason. What's up? This is Alex Terranova and welcome back to the Dream Mason podcast. I'm your host. What are we going to talk about today? Well, you know, I didn't, I didn't plan on this being the, the, the subject to kick us off, but let's talk about community because uh, it's going to fit right in with our guest and what he's up to. And I think it's really important. So I, I, I've talked about this on my blog a little bit on the dreammason.com about this, this myth of the lone wolf. And this has come up a lot because in our society, you know, we, there's a lot of people out there, a lot of ideas out there that really glamorize the, um, the, the like alpha and the concept of the alpha comes from this concept of the lone wolf, that the alpha wolf is like on its own and leads and can be like, can handle it all himself. And, and in reality, alpha just means leader. It doesn't mean to go at it alone. It doesn't mean better than anybody else. It doesn't mean stronger. It's just the, it's just the point position. That's all it really is. But it's been turned into something of like this idea that if you're an alpha, whether you're a man or a woman, you're strong, you're independent, you're the leader, you don't need anyone else. You're, uh, you can do it all yourself. You don't show feelings. You're, you're a badass. And there's nothing wrong with any of those things, except we are human beings and we were built to live in community. That when, when tribes and, and original communities started, there were like roughly, I think like 150 to 190 people or something in, our, in the average size community. And part of the reason we have an ego and defense mechanisms is because if you were cast out of your community or you went outside, you'd get eaten by a tiger or killed by a rival tribe, it wasn't safe that the strength of the individual was built into the strength of the community and vice versa. And in the world that we've lived in with globalization and the spreading out, our communities have gotten so big that we actually don't have community. How many of us know our neighbors? You know, men have half as many friends as they had like 30 years ago. Men, men have half as many friends as their wives had. And there's stats out there that show that men specifically as they get older, about 30, 40, 50, start to have less and less men to the point where some men report, high percentages of men report having one or less close friends. And I know a lot of guys personally who their friends are the guys they work with. And that's like kind of it. They know these guys at work. They talk to them at work. That's it. They don't see them on the weekends. They don't talk to them at night. They don't actually share personal stuff with them. They're just kind of work. They just work together. And, or guys that like, they're still doing the same things that they've done with their friends always. They're watching sports with them. And I actually, let me say this, I joke often when a group of women get together, they talk about everything. 
They talk about their problems. They talk about their that the things that are going well. They talk about the things they're excited about. They talk about their kids. They talk about their partners. They talk about their jobs. They talk about everything. When guys get together, what often guys do, not all guys, is we put on a game or an MMA fight or you know something like that, and we sit and stare at a screen and we talk about that thing. Maybe we complain about our jobs a little bit. Maybe we talk about money a little bit. Maybe we talk about women if we're single for the most part or complain about our wives if we're unhappily married. Um, but for the most part, men get together and talk about things outside of themselves, something else, and it doesn't actually have us connect. And the thing about this is we're losing community and community is what we are as human beings. And to thrive, we need community. And this is a big reason why I've started doing men's groups and why we have the Alchemy of Men retreat and why we have the Alchemy of Men virtual group. Um, these things are happen to be just for men. And there are a lot of things out there for women to support them. But for men, I really think it's important. Hey, we need support around connecting, sharing our wins, sharing our challenges, sharing our struggles, being able to like not just fix each other's problems, but talk about each other's problems, create brotherhood, create friendship, create community so we can like fill each other up and hold each other up like a team does. Let me tell you a little bit about our guest. He, he knows a little thing or two about community. Um, you know what? I actually, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, we're gonna edit this for a minute. Hold on a second, Mario. Mario, how do you pronounce your last name? I meant to ask you that before. Uh, Teruno. If you want to say the English way or Torunio. Torunio? Yeah, okay. Torunio is the okay. Latin way. Okay. Mario Torunio is my guest today. He is passionate about health, leadership, and technology. He's the founder and CEO of the first holistic health platform called Liviana, which stands for Live you are not alone. His mission is to bring hope back to people's health journeys, or as he calls it, Liviana journeys through community-based interaction. So Liviana is a website and an app, and it helps connect people having similar like health journeys or health challenges to produce better health out outcomes for caregivers, patients, and wellness-driven individuals. It allows members to harness the collective genius of health and wellness experiences, you know, it's, I love this idea that it's, we go to doctors to help us with things, but sometimes doctors have no experience in that thing besides treating it. They actually haven't lived in it, lived in it with it, or had the experience of being with it. And sometimes relating and being with people who have a common experience as you helps just as much as anything else. Mario, welcome to the podcast. How you doing, man? Alex, appreciate it, man. Good, 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 good. How's everything on your end? It's good. I love doing this. I love podcasting. So it's a, it's a good morning when I get to podcast and, uh, I'm building a lot of community, man. I, we just, this recently, we just launched a, a in-person alchemy of men, men's group in San Diego, uh, which went off better than expected. Um, we're constantly adding men to our virtual men's groups that we do on zoom. So guys can be anywhere in the world. And we're probably around this time that this podcast is coming out. We're getting ready to head out to Utah for the Alchemy of Men retreat uh, for like five days in an amazing cabin up in the mountains in Utah in the forest. Well, that sounds fantastic. <laughs> that sounds actually phenomenal. We're getting away from everything. Get away it, from it. Just yeah. concentrating. 
or that support system that you guys are providing each other. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of growth in that. You know, there's a ton of growth in that aspect of it. That is the goal. That that's, I mean, that's the goal <laughs> to help guys, right? Like to help guys grow in the sense of, yeah, you know, this came to my attention recently. It was like, if a woman is getting ready to have a baby or is, is having a baby or has a, a small child and she needs support, there's a million places a woman can go to get support for a baby, for motherhood, whatnot. And it's one of these rare cases where like the advantages are actually towards, towards women. Usually men have the advantages in our world, but in this, it's like, Hey, there's all these things for women in motherhood. For men, if you're a guy and you're, you're a man, you're a dad, you want to learn how to be a better dad. You want support with being a dad. There's not a lot of options. And, yeah. and I think the way to solve this is not necessarily just to create things, but it's to bring men together so men can learn from each other on, on like the ways of, you know, some of the guys in our groups are dads and have been dads a long time. Every guy in our group had a dad, right? For good or bad or for, you know, even if they were absent, there's a dad somewhere. Um, and the idea that we get to learn from the flaws of our fathers, from the collective flaws of our fathers, we get to learn from the good things about our fathers. We get to learn from each other. I think that is really where, you know, the, the, the genius is because in ancient tribal groups, they didn't have books on how to be a dad or a mom. They taught each other, right? They worked together yeah. and they, they would have got better through experience. Well, so, saying, to be honest, they still don't have books, right? Yeah. The best way you learn is, is what you're shown, right? That, that, that physical example, right? And, and I think, you know, you, you hit something on there, right? When it comes to, you know, bringing people together to talk, right? And how women have different aspects or avenues and men tend to have a, a different journey. And I think a lot of that's also because we talked a little bit about it before we started this is, you know, what we're taught, right? Are we taught to be vulnerable? Are we taught to be vocal? Are we taught to put us in front or us in the back, right? And all those things, right, accumulate over time, right? And as that accumulation happens, it could be good, it could be bad, or it could be indifferent, depending on the situation that you're in, right? So for example, if you're in a really bad situation, all that accumulation is going to impact not just your, your family, but your health, right? Mental, physical, right? Emotional. And then because we're not taught to release it, right? Ultimately it impacts your physical health. Yeah. Right. And so when you create these men's groups that, that you got going on, I mean, I think it's very powerful because it's literally saying, Hey guys, we have to start talking about this, right? At, 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 a, at, a, at a humanistic level and beyond that as men, yeah. because we're not, we're not taught to talk about this. Right? I, I ask people all the time, right? Alex, I don't even have seen their father cry. I mean, I luckily have a lot, but you know what? But the funny thing is it's always in context, right? It's always like my dad he cries like mostly when he watches like a sad movie. But I never see my dad like cry because he's like going through something himself, right? Which okay, there you go. It's just a different lesson, right? Oh, he can cry when he, the movie's sad. Okay, that's that's maybe better than a lot of guys. But I know my dad's been through some tough stuff, right? Like, and maybe mm -hmm. I've seen him cry like a funeral. Um, and I actually have seen him cry now, the older he's gotten, because I'll cry in front of him, and then often he'll cry, right? Like it. Oh man, they love triggers his cry. Yeah, yeah. 
Oh, wow. I mean, because I know growing up, it, it just, you know, in the Latin community at least, it, it, I, I never seen what I could try. Yeah. yeah. And it's not that he doesn't feel sad. It's not that he, it's not that he does it. Right? It's just that he would never show that. Yeah. Right? Because of, of you know, that. Masculine, toughness. Yeah. Strong, yeah. It's, you know, well, it's the machismo, right? I mean, yeah. the Latin community, that's a real thing for us. Yep. Right? Um, and in multiple communities, it is. You know, and I think, you know, how that, how that I would say accumulates within oneself without an outlet, without that community support you were talking about, it, it, it's an implosion at some point. And that implosion can occur in multiple ways and matters. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I see it in my work. It's, it's imploding in people's marriages. Yeah. Imploding in with their relationships with their kids. It's imploding in their businesses. And, and it's often like the people are like always looking for other ways to solve it. But it's like the problem when the implosion happens is that's the symptom. Yeah. You can't go fix it, the symptom. You got to go to the, to the root of it. And the root is often you're not dealing with these things that you've been bottling up inside. Um, yeah. The core, right? Yeah. What's that core? Yeah. Right? And then how can I bring this core to a community for support? Yeah. I'm going to bring this cord to allow me to release to people that understand me. Right. Cause a lot of times we're not releasing because we're like, ah, you know, they don't, they don't get it. Yeah. Right. We're releasing to total strangers because they will, you know, it's a judge, judge free type zone. Right. Hey, you, what do you think? Right. Like they, they have no stake. Right. So it, it's a very interesting, interesting aspect to really, really deep deep thinking around it where we do a deep thought where is that where is that for is it based in just the male machismo where is it based in what you learned by what you've seen right is it based in what the movies you watch i'm huge on on showing people how movies you know in, in my case influence technology mm -hmm. uh, you know but they also influence behaviors what, and the opposite side of this too is a lot of guys that are on the opposite side, I think, think that they're going to have to be the thing that the guy that like the machismo guys might be trying to get away from. So like, there's the, there's the guys who maybe grew up in like, my dad's Italian. He has that same, right? Like that strong strength, you know, hey, my grandparents are Italian, right? Yeah. You don't, you, know, you don't, you don't, you don't show weakness in a lot of like Latin and some, and some of these, a lot of, a lot of actual masculine cultures. And, um, and so there's this idea that like men are strong and then there's the other side of the paradigm where guys are like, I don't want to be like that. Right. They're, they're, they're guys that are gentler, they're softer and they, they look and they're like, I don't want to be like that warrior led kind of machismo tough guy. So then they often stay away from, from conversations and stuff too. Cause they're like, well, they think that's how it has to be. And what I think is really powerful is, is like, it's all of it, man. There's times where we want to be strong. There's times where we want to be gentle. There's times where we want to share. There's times where we need to be quiet and like, listen and take it all in. Um, but there isn't one right way. And that's the beauty of community is you get to see all the different types, right? You sit in a circle with 12 guys and they all come from different races, religions, cultures. And you're like, well, that guy's pretty cool and he does it like way different than I do or that guy's pretty cool and he's like exactly oh I guess I'm not alone right you either get to not be alone or get a new idea about how you could be as a guy 
And I think that's, you're spot on in saying that, right? Because at the end of the day, we are people, right? And we are people just looking to have better outcomes within our own personal lives, right? So I, I think that you're right. In, in sitting in this type of setting, right, you're able to catch not only different ideas, right, but then reflect on those ideas and think about implementation of those ideas. Rather than implement X into my life to see what results occur or don't occur from it, right? Then how do I pivot, right, into or add onto that idea? Right. Reimagine that idea so that it works for me if it was a really good idea. Yeah. Tell me about your journey with community because you've created this app and this space for people to use community to help them in, a, as in, a, in their health journey. But what, why did you do this? Like, what made you go, wait, this is what we need. We need community when it comes to health journeys. To me, in my experience, in, in, it was, it was experiencing the lack of a community, to be honest with you. Um, and, and I've seen it from both sides, you know, where, for example, I've seen members of mine go through cancer journeys, right? With a very little community to even talk about, right? I've seen, you know, family members go through chronic disease journeys, right? Where in one instance, I was the caregiver for one of them. And guess what? There was no community. It was like a total lack of community. I was like, you know what we need? We need a community for me. And even with an own personal journey, right? I was, uh, I was morbidly obese, you know? And when I took on that journey, when that doctor came into that office and told me, hey, Mario, you got two options. Get surgery to lose all your weight or get on this crazy special diet that I have that costs X. And I said, hey, doc, I don't like either of those options. I can cook. Just give me the rules of the game. Right? He said, okay, you can cook. He literally gave me a, an eight by 10 sheet that said, hey, Mario, guess what? If it's not on here, you can't have it. Boom. And here, here are the rules, right? Here's how much I eat and how often you eat. Mm -hmm. Throughout that whole journey, and we know there are a lot of people going through this. I cannot connect to one person. I cannot relate to one person going through this journey. And neither can my wife, because guess what? I went through this journey as someone trying to reposition my life. My wife's went through this journey as someone supporting someone trying to reposition their life. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's the thing. And there's frustrations on both sides. Yeah. So okay. these communities, like the memory that you're talking about, right? It's a release, not just of the frustrations, but the ability to ideate around, Hey, guess what? Look what I read. They did something like this, or they did something like that, right? Could this work? It might not work. I mean, for obesity, it's a lot of, it's a lot of in your body, right? Things of that sort. But just having that community that, that I didn't have for people going through that journey, I think would be beyond, beyond TEDx and what I went through. Why? Because now, not only do I have a support system that I can tap into for strength, but it's a person I can tap into for ideas, you know, and, and you said it earlier, right? I mean, no knock on the docs. I mean, my wife's a doc, but you can't beat someone that lifted or lives it. You just can't. You like, 
if you're a type one diabetic, if you're going through cancer, you are having an obesity journey. Not everyone can empathize with that or sympathize with that or even understand that. Right? And that's where these communities come into play. Yeah. Yeah. Does so so you had this vision and then you're like, there needs to be an app. There needs to be like what? Yeah. Right? Yeah, like I, what? It, yeah, it'll get for it. It was was that it? It was just like, wait, there need this is the way that we could create it. Did you create any community in person to support yourself when you're when you're kind of going through this? No, I wish I did. To be honest with you, I thought about this later on in life. You know, the biggest thing about as you get older is you begin to reflect an inflection points you've lived to. Right? And as you're reflecting these inflection points of your life, these literally forking the roads, as you get older and more capable, and I'm blessed to be capable to do this, right? You say, how can I help people that are coming up? People that could use this that I didn't have, right? To me, this is a very personal thing. It's not something that I just woke up and, and you know, me and my wife and my brother-in-law and others just said, oh, you know what we need? We need a community. No, I mean, we looked at a lot of different things, you know, because we're all in healthcare. And we said, what is really missing, right? I mean, we looked in the, in, 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 within the system, right? We thought that was totally taken care of. But from my experience, from their experience, from my family experiences, from talking to total strangers and just figuring out, does this make sense experience? Everyone told me the thing that they liked was having a community. It's, it's funny when every time I've been, not every time, but most times I've been with men in community on some type of men's work. And I know this happens with women too, because I've heard, I've heard it from both, but whenever I've done it, it's not all women. It's either all men or both collective men and women. And you ask people what they most want. And you're doing some sort of like personal growth, like deep, like kind of healing or, or transformational work. And often the thing that comes up the most is community. Um, and so it's not shocking to me that this is missing because if it's missing from our macro world, then it's missing from all of our micro worlds being yeah. like health. When the, the thing that I find the most challenging though, and I'm just curious your thoughts is you know, we, we have a lot of ways to connect with people, right? We have Facebook and LinkedIn and Instagram and TikTok and all these things. And a lot of people spend hours of their day seeking connection via these things. And what studies have shown us is it actually has us feel more, dis, more disconnected, right? It's like social media is like watching TV, hoping you become friends with the actor on the show, you know, in, mm -hmm. in service. Of, it's just like not going to happen. And yeah, sure. Sometimes we we make friends via social media. Sometimes we actually meet them in real life. But most of the time, like 95% of the time, it's like scrolling and dopamine hits, right? We're just like trying to get something that actually is not gettable through that medium. So then you, you've created this um, online community, but again, it's still like a online app. How is it different? How do you have it so that the people that are on there again, are not just like treating it like it's Facebook, but actually building community. That's your question. Um, we actually studied a lot of different media, social media outlets when we built this, right? And, and one thing we noticed was one thing, right? When there was a section of Facebook where Facebook groups is being used for healthcare, but it's not geared towards healthcare. 
it's just me giving use for that aspect, right? There are other apps uh, out there that are just for patients going through these things, right? So the main difference that, that we bring is we looked at a journey and said, how can we empower you? And not as a patient, not as a caregiver, but as a person going through something, right? In what you're interested in. So for example, there are functions in there that can literally connect you to people living your journey immediately. And that's called source of strength. That's like a little heart, right? Literally. Because it's not about, you know, just the health journeys, right? You're a person. And health to me has always been holistic. No matter now, now it's being talked about, but it was always holistic, right? Depending on how you grew up, you knew exactly how financial stress will impact the stress of the health of your parents. Point blank. You would know that. You would know how that also affects the emotional health and how they're using spiritual health to try to compensate for a lot of it. I mean, that's just the reality. You're a person, mm -hmm. right? So the biggest difference that we bring, the biggest differentiator that we bring is that when we built this platform, we looked at a lot of different platforms and said, how can we bring a holistic perspective to someone's journey to show one key thing, that you're not alone in this journey? that you can instantly gain knowledge, instantly gain value, right? In this case of what you're going through. For example, if you're a diabetic and you're trying to figure out, can I eat cake? You can, you can't eat cake. How much you eat, how much insulin you take. That's, that's, that's something different, but you mm -hmm. can eat cake, right? Now there's a platform where you can figure that out. Not with dots or not with you know, WebMD, yeah. people living this journey. And to me, that's the power of community, right? And I agree with you. I think when it comes to, you know, the main media outlets of the world, a lot of it is dopamine hits. A lot of it is how to become the next influencer. A lot of it is how do I get those 15 minutes, right? It's kind of funny because me and my wife, uh, I don't know if you watch the show Love is Blind, but we watch it, right? I, I, I do not watch Love is Blind, but my wife loves it and is obsessed with it. So, so I've, I've seen it. I've seen it. I've seen it. It's not, no, it's not bad. I, I don't watch a lot of reality. I've seen it. It's, it's definitely interesting. Um, but yeah, it's what's, what, what were you going to share? Here's my point. The, they had to apologize because they couldn't go live in their last episode. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Literally a streaming platform is apologizing for, for what? used to be the norm for when I was a kid because there was no streaming when I was a kid. Yeah. And, and, and my point in saying that is, is that how many times have you gone to a family reunion or a party and you see two people on their phones instead of talking? Oh, I mean, anywhere. You go to a restaurant and like half the restaurant's on their phones. And half the restaurant's on their phones, right? And if you look at couples, how many of them are on their phones? Oh. We're, we, we're losing that. We're yeah. losing that ability to connect as a community and not just a, a large community, right? Because a family of four is a community. Yeah. And how we support each other in our family is how we do things as a community. You know, and, and, and you know, I think we need to figure that out, you know, that these outlets, while they're they're very incredible and very powerful tools. 
how do we create a sense of limitation around some of those tools to better the mental health, mm-hmm. right? So, but like, for example, the best case for Liviana is you come on our platform because you're going through something and you find the help you need, but you're not on that platform 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Yeah. That's not going to be bucket for you either. Yeah. So now let me ask you as a, as a guy who has a job, you have a, a career in, as in, in the health and wellness world, you're a consultant. Um, and now you have this app. What's the, what's the biggest challenge you're facing in like trying to be an entrepreneur and start a tech company? Um, you know, I think for me, one of the biggest challenges, um, and I'm, 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 I'm lucky and blessed is it doesn't interfere a lot because a lot of what I do, um, spans time zones, right? And, and I've created a, a time management capability where it hasn't been like something that has been a, a real blocker right now. So your point, at some point, as Liviana grows, it's a very simple question. What do you do? Right. And, and a lot of us have side hustles and side gigs and, and mm-hmm. well, a lot of us are Okay, I'm doing this, this, and this as my side hustle. This is my impact project. You know, I'm 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 gonna consult it here, or an executive here. How do I balance it? Right. It, it, and you know, the way the way I approach it is time blocking. Block your time for when it makes sense. You know, and the the other thing that I that, you know that I think that we need to keep into account is, you know, understand your limitations as a person. Because everyone has their limits and everyone's limit is different. Hmm. You know, and, and I think that goes a long way too. What do you, what's the part that you find the most challenging? Like, what do you, struggle, oh. what do you struggle the most in juggling a relationship to businesses, you know, being yeah, healthy, for, right? Like all the things. I, I think for me, the, the struggle is all um, everything, right? I mean, I'm a human being that, I have, I have a family, I have daughters, I have a business, I have, uh, you know, a wife, I have, you know, I'm an executive at, at a firm. Um, so that's a lot, right? So the, really the struggle is how do you time manage so that you have quality of life? That's my struggle. Like, how do you time manage so that, okay, from this time to this time, it's this, and from this time to this time, it's that, you know? Um, and I think that that's, uh, I think that's a reality, even outside of like, if, if I were to take out the entrepreneur side and just say, Hey, I have a job and a family and all these other things, it's going to be the same kind of struggle. It is how I view it. You know, cause a lot of times people don't put limits, you know, they don't put boundaries. Like I'll give you a real good example with me. And this is, I think one of the things that helped. I have rules on my own, right? At six o'clock, all my phones go down. I do not touch my phones after six o'clock, right? That's a rule that I put for me. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Cause at six o'clock that's family time. And once the girls go to bed, all right, she called the Liviana engine, <laughs> right? You know, on X, X and X and on other days it's no, 
it's time with the wife. Now, the cool thing is my wife helps me build Liviana. So it's like, you know, it's our, our thing. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's also a blessing, right? When you're, when, when your, your spouse or, or your partner is all in with you. I think that's another blessing that I have. Let me ask you about that. What's the most, what's the best and most challenging part? So the best part and the most challenging part of doing something with your partner. Oh man. So the best part is building something that we know one isn't, isn't impact us any. You know, I think the best part is ideating around what works, what doesn't work, what makes sense. Um, I think the most challenging part, you know, in to an extent is when there's an idea that you, that you don't like, that's been brought up. It's like, you know, how do you approach that? Yeah. How do you approach that? Right. Um, and, and I think that's, uh, that's why the most challenging part is it doesn't really happen too often for us. Um, but you know, there are times where, you know, I, I can be pretty stubborn in, in my direction of what, what we're trying to do as the founder and, uh, you know, and then making sure that that's not taken personal. What about as a dad, you said you have daughters, Yeah. you know, what's the, what's the most challenging thing that you find as a man about being a dad? Um, the most challenging, oh man, I never thought about this. Cause again, right. We're all just going. Yeah. Um, I would say the most challenging part of being a dad. Okay. I think I know what it is. <laughs> oh, I'm a man that has daughters. I am, I think the most challenging part for me as a man that has daughters is I know that I am the example of whatever they think is a man that should be. Whatever they see me do, whatever they see me, however they see me react, however they see me, however they see me get angry, that's the norm of a man for them. And that's going to set the norm subconsciously of men when they're old enough. I think that's the most challenging part. So when you think about the man you want to be as an example for them, who do you want to be as a man or who are you as a man, as a model? Um, I think the man that I want to be or the man that I am, one that, that I want to be, cause I think I'm a pretty good man. Um, is someone that shows them not just love, right? Everyone's going to show them love, right? But show someone that shows compassion and empathy in what their struggles or problems are, you know, um, you know, well, one of the things that I try to always do is understand where they're at, right? I'm an adult, you know, and they're kids. So the thought processes are really different. You know, in, 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 you know, understanding where they're at and then having an approach, right. That makes sense to them, right. So they're not confused in the action. I think is, is, is the man that, that, that I want to be, or that I'm trying to be, or that, or that I tend to think I am. When you think about, um, 
you know, that your trajectory as a man, what did you, when you think about like what you learned, what are the, what's the best thing you learned from your dad? And what's the thing that you may have learned that you're like, ah, oh, I want to do it better than that. Um, I think the best thing I learned in, in, you know, I think it's a lot of what's made me a father, a husband, a man is, all. Uh, it's probably actually the best and the worst thing that I think about it, um, is putting everything, putting them first, ensuring that everything is good for them, that everything is straight for them, no matter what, right? But at the same time, because of that, that's also a lot of pressure. That's also a lot of, you know, the opposite of that is I think also the bad, you know, that you know, it's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of, uh, what I would say is, uh, or, you know, to an extent sacrifice, right? I mean, there are a lot of things that I would want to do that I know I'm not going to do. And that's a lot of fathers, you know, for a lot of different reasons. Um, so yeah, I mean, I would say that. I would say that I think that's like probably one of the the curiosities, you know, that that I would have even for for you know for a lot of people to reflect on, right? On whoever's listening, right? To reflect on that that very question you just asked, you know, as a man, what is what you learned, and what is what you want to unlearn and relearn to do better? Hmm. I think about this a lot. You know, I think about like everything my dad did was helpful, everything. Cause he either showed me how I want to be as a man or a dad, mm -hmm. or he showed me how I don't. Right. Mm -hmm. But if I, if I didn't get to see it, then I might've just been that way without knowing. Well, you know what, and it's out of curiosity, right. In, in taking that example a bit further, right. Is, you know, it's. Everything that you don't, but everything you should do that you don't want to be, what's the percentage of that that you still are? Well, I think a lot, if, if, especially if you're unconscious about it, right. If, if you don't yeah. ask this question and you don't pay attention and then even, you know, I noticed myself in moments of tension or fights with my wife or a moment where I'm like, oh my God, I was just acting like my parents. There you go. Right. And then it's like, oh, I have to practice undoing that. I have to, because unless it works, right? But it's usually like, oh, I say like, oh, it's my parents. and I don't want that. That was like a habit I've learned unintentionally. And now I have to practice un, like undoing that coding in the system. Um, yeah. So I can show up the way I want to show up. And that's not always easy for a lot of us, but it's impossible if you don't ask the question. Right. Or it's impossible. Mm -hmm. A lot of people don't like to think of their parents that way. And it's like, no, we're not thinking of them badly. I'm actually paying reverence to my father saying everything he did was perfect because everything he did taught me either how to do it right or how to do it wrong so I could change. And that is just as valuable. Um, but a lot of us don't want to answer these questions, especially men. Men often don't want to look deep. They don't want to reflect because it, that would require you to be vulnerable. That would require you to admit sometimes failure or doing wrong that might even require you to ask for help or support from a community that maybe you don't have. No, well, and, and, and you know what, I think that's spot on, right? I mean, asked, you know, how many times have you seen your father cry, which you've seen a lot more than me. Yeah. Um, but 
what what I would say is is that you know we're not taught of what a man is not just by our fathers right but also by society right also by looking at everything that we've ever looked at you know of what this male figure like if you were back in the 60s yes well what's an ideal man it's probably the marvel man i'm sure yeah right maybe i don't know yeah yeah back then you know what it is today could be something different right and i think us you know society evolves right and and the evolution is through these different examples and experiences that, that we live in as people right and that evolution sometimes is digression right it's not always evolution Right, you might evolve into the next, you know, thing that you don't want to evolve into, or you might not. Right, but but I think that when you, when you take that time, as a human being, as a as a father, as a mother, as a person, to reflect as to, you know, what is it to be a man, a father, right? What is it to be, you know, a woman, a mother, right? What is it to be a a person? just living in this world, I think that can lead to a lot of different answers um, and curiosities that could lead to a lot of cool adventures for people. Um, what do you think the next biggest challenge, like the next, what's the next mountain you have to climb? Like this next biggest thing you're approaching that you're gonna have to overcome? Anywhere in your life, in your business, as a dad, any any top, any area. I think the next biggest mountain that I have to climb, I think, would be more on the entrepreneurial side of of scaling. You know, learning how to scale what we've built to create the impact that that we believe we we can bring. Um, you know, I think as a father, uh, I think the biggest mountain is. It's probably not, it, it's a mountain. It's, it'll probably be a continuous mountain. Is relearning who my daughters are becoming as they grow. You know, because the needs change, right? And relearning that goes a long way. You know, and and as a husband, it's it's you know relearning my wife because as we get older, we experience things and our thought processes change. Right. And that's on both sides, you know, and, and I think, you know, I think those are the three different types of models that, that I see that I'll, that I'll, that I'm going to have to climb. Yeah. You know, and, uh, out of love and, and, and out of kindness and out of my heart. What do you want? What, what message do you want to leave the listener with that? I haven't asked you, what would you like to say? Um, and we talked a lot about community and we talked a lot about reflection in this last segment. Um, you know, what, what I would leave the listeners with is really, you know, take on that challenge of looking inside you and doing that deep work if you haven't. And if you have, take on and building that community to bring that deep work to life. That's what I would say. Yeah, you can't do this work in a, uh, you can't really do any work in like alone. 
So whether you're working on yourself or you're working in a business, if you don't have a community, good luck. Every entrepreneur has a community. I mean, that's the reason we built this for health because we felt that it was missing that part of the community. Yeah. Mario, where can people find more about you and Liviana? You can visit us at our website, uh, www.liviana.com. On Instagram, it's uh, liviana.4u is our handle. Uh, and then on Facebook, which is Liviana for you. Um, you know, and just remember that health is your wealth. And health is not just physical and mental. It's emotional, spiritual. It's so much more. Will you, uh, will you spell Liviana for us, for people that don't know how to spell it? Oh, yeah. It's L-I-V-Y-A-N-A. And it stands for live because you're not alone. Mm. You'll never be alone in this world. It's a matter of finding the community to support you. Mario, thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing your heart, your personal life, your vision of community, of health. Uh, thank you for doing the work yourself. You know, you are a person who created what you're up to because you needed it. And you were fighting that, that your own struggle and your own battle. So thanks for sharing that with us. Um, good luck with those daughters. Good luck in the building of this company. Um, and to our listeners, thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting this podcast. Please share this episode with a friend, someone who you know that it will resonate with. Send it to someone or share it on social media uh, because you know it might make a difference for them. Thanks for being here and we will see you next time. Thanks for listening. Honestly, I'm just a rebel who found a cause and has a dream and I'm super grateful for your support. If you got anything from this, please help me out and share this podcast with one person today. You can find me at thedreammason.com or at inspirationalalex on Instagram. You are a dream mason because your dreams don't build themselves.